0: This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. And in today's episode, we're heading over to Canada to speak with Sam Moncada, who's the president of COPA, the Canadian office products trade Association. Good afternoon or good morning to you, Sam. Hope you're well today.
1: Good morning, Andy. Thank you very much for inviting me out to uh, talk this morning. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, thanks, sir. Thanks for agreeing to, to be on a, the OPI Talk podcast. As we traditionally do uh, at the start of these uh, discussions or, or chats, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your career?
1: Thanks, Andy. Well, I've lived in uh I've been fortunate enough to to live in Canada my entire life, and I've been uh, with uh, Copa for approximately 15 years now. And uh, before Copa, I was with Hewlett Packard for uh, for 10 years previous uh, to Copa. So it's been a uh, I guess a career for the most part involved in office products and office supplies right from uh, the time I graduated from uh, from university. So it's been an exciting time in the office products world. Uh, probably about, uh, I'd say my career has spanned in office products for close to 35 years now.
0: Okay, so a lot of changes, I guess, that you have seen. Over that time, maybe we'll talk about some of some of those yeah. uh, in in a little bit. So just just tell us a little about COPA, how how it's organized, something about your your membership, etc. Sure.
1: Um, in Canada, we are a uh, an organization that uh, captures everyone that is uh, providing and selling pro- office products or your business products. Um, we're uh, composed of. Dealers and we're also composed of manufacturers. So when you take a look at our board of directors, it is divided um, Half of our board of directors are from dealer side of the business and the other half are Manufacturers, so it gets some uh, most um, board meetings during mo- both most board meetings, it gets uh, rather I'm not gonna say contentious but most of the time it's two different parties <laughs> coming to the table to really discuss what is best uh, in the industry uh, for office and business products in Canada?
0: Yeah, well, that that makes sense. You have to have some checks and balance, balances. You can't have one one side which is dominant.
1: You're you're right, Andy, and it's uh, it's great that uh, for the most part in, in Canada both uh, sides really uh, work hand in hand, and the manufacturer manufacturers work very closely with, with the dealers. Uh, and uh, based on everything that I've ever seen, very cordial in, in terms of the working relationships and code mm. and code of conduct is always well uh, presented to between the manufacturers and, and dealers here. And it's always been that way for the most part.
0: Okay. All right. We'll talk a little bit about about the industry in Canada and change and everything else in a few minutes. Now, the reason I got in touch with you in, in the first place, because I, I saw a story about something that caught my eye uh, recently was a new initiative that you've got called the Home and Office Products Campus, which I think is a, is a training, uh, an online training platform for for your members. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Andy. It's a it's something that we've uh, run going back. We we had this platform 25 years ago, and um, somewhat after uh, about eight years in. in uh, it, that it was operating, it somewhat faded away in terms of the content was um, was a little bit older, and, and just uh, organizations started to fade fade away from it. So, if you take a look at what we uh, had created 25 years ago you know, versus where it's at today from a learning platform, um, there's been a lot of change in technology. And, and today, what we've done today is once again taking some of the learnings from 25 years ago so we have some staff members that were still around from our first initiative at this and uh, we took some of their ideas, took some new technology and came up with a, a new tool that really is uh, to engage sales reps and provide sales reps with the opportunities to learn. Um, about new products and that that's the focus uh, of the uh, platform today is being able to train sales reps uh, across Canada, which is a, a very diverse and, and very broad uh, geographic uh, area and a lot of dealers were struggling to have manufacturers go in and, and, and teach and, and educate uh, sales reps on on their new products and what we did is uh, with a collaboration of uh, of a committee, and we, we pulled quite a few dealers into the committee and quite a few manufacturers. And uh, through this collaboration, we built a uh, learning campus that really is somewhat of a sales enab- enablement tool or a sales development tool. The main focus of the tool is to teach and educate sales reps on the floor. It could be if you've got a, a store or if you've got a uh, sales center, or if you're a sales rep on the road, the the main purpose of the the platform is to be able to have our manufacturers go in, uh, load up content, and uh, the dealers then go in and really pick the content that they want their sales reps to uh, to mm. to learn on, and uh, have their sales up sales reps go in and learn uh, as much as they possibly can over a short period of time, uh, which is all uh, somewhat five minute or below uh, video clips. Again, all Mm. of the technology has changed. So we've tried to uh, simplify it as much as possible where a sales rep would go in and then uh, a couple of minutes learn about the product.
0: Okay. So a lot of the content is video based?
1: Yes. Uh, I would say 98% of all the content that that is provided by the manufacturer sometimes it could be provided by the dealer uh, what we've created is uh i'll say it's one platform the platform as you mentioned earlier Andy, is called hopsy that's uh i'll call that the repository so all the manufacturers can place uh, their content on C. what the dealer can then do is they can do two things depending on the size and scope of the dealer from that hopsy they can create their own site. So they can, from that one site, they can create their own um, pr- customized site and download. Let's say for example, Hopsi has 10,000 courses on it, but as a dealer, you're, you're based in France. Let's, let's say if you were mm-hmm. a small dealer in France and you wanted your sales reps to learn on, um, 50 products, not the 10,000 products. You could um, scale it down to 50 products. You pick your 50 products that you want to educate and train your sales reps on. And it's customized for for your dealership in, in the south of France. And uh, next thing you know, you've got your own customized uh, e-sale or sorry, your selling platform to be able to train your sales reps on.
0: Okay. So it works like a learning management System. So, if I'm if I'm the i the moderator, for example, I can see uh, which reps have taken which courses uh, and things like that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it has all it has uh, all the dashboards built in, and that's really what it's geared for. Is to as a manufacturer or as a dealer. I mean, you can work together to to get a good understanding of what um, what the sales reps are are learning. They're making sure that they're actually taking the courses. And if you're a manufacturer, you can then, if you choose to, you can provide some promotional material or, sorry, not promotional material, but uh, some incentives if you're working with the dealer to be able to give them a, a reward if they've gone mm. in and taken your course.
0: Okay. Who, who, who pays for this? Is, is there a fee involved on, on one side or the other?
1: Yeah, there, there is. Um, so de- depending on on how it's set up. So here in Canada, what we've done is for the manufacturer, we've allowed our manufacturers that are members of our association, we've we've allowed them the opportunity to load up uh, ten courses. So all the uh, manufacturers in Canada can load up the ten courses. If the dealers choose to go through Hopc, which is the general um, site, it, it's it's somewhat um, at a very low cost, depending. If a dealer is uh, big enough, um, the majority of our dealers will be customizing their site. So if you're a mid to a larger dealer, you're gonna have your own site, which is gonna be customized for you. And uh, it'll be based on per user, uh, depending on how many users you have going into the site, you'll be able to um, buy a license. It's very cost effective. The key word is collaboration and the cost The cost is spread out. Um, I think one of the things I didn't mention earlier, Andy, is that we're we're a non-for-profit group. So I really report into the seven manufacturers and and to the seven um, dealers that are on the board of directors. So they see the P&L. They see that this is really meant to be a benefit to all of them. So it's geared that it's not going to make money, but it's going to be adding value to the to the business products or to the office product industry. That's the ultimate goal is to really uh, add additional value to the industry. And of course, we need to make some money because otherwise we're not going to be able to support this. Uh, It's got to be sustainable over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what has the uptake been like? Uh, You know
1: what? We're, we're, we're working diligently. We do have a few dealers that have signed up so far. Uh, It's uh, a little bit more challenging when you get into the larger dealers and um, obviously, a lot of them may have some intranet or other form of educating and and training their reps. So it's been a a little bit uh, slower with the bigger organizations, but we've been able to penetrate the smaller independents uh, to date. So we've had some great success with the smaller independents. And now um, I believe we've got uh, a few major organizations that are uh, about to come to fruition for us and, and getting them on board. So we're we're out aggressively selling the mid to larger organizations at this point in time. But uh, obviously, the uh, at this point in time, the, the uptake has been on the independents that have been e- easier to tr- uh, transition onto the site.
0: Yeah. OK. How, how many manufacturers are involved?
1: Uh, what we've done so far is we've got a couple of major uh, a couple of our major of our members that are involved at this point in time. The manufacturers it's always uh, what comes first is it the dealers or is it the manufacturers? So we've been uh, fortunate that we have some major manufacturers on board. what we've done with the uh, with the majority of the manufacturers here in Canada is we've gone out and, and taken some general content that we found on, on the web somewhat modified a, a little bit and uh, put it up on onto on the platform. So in terms of, um, we've got about four or five manufacturers that are on board to date. Uh, we've got, I, I'd say over 500 videos, video clips that we've gone out and, uh, on their website or um, have gone through general YouTube and, and been able to uh, transport over to the, the new site in terms of we found their clips and um, ba- based on the dealers that we're working with, they've said, this is the, the training that we want from the organization that we want. So we've gone, with their permission, we've gone out and found that video and, and put it over and, and somewhat embedded it into the site. And now the dealers can go in and, and train uh, train the reps.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I guess as the, the product range diversifies, uh, you know, reps are going to be selling things which perhaps they haven't been used to selling before. So that, so they need to know the products and they, they need this kind of training.
1: Well, that's ultimately the, the goal, Andy, is, is to try to find uh, new areas and new categories for organizations to really learn. And of course, during COVID, when employees were tough to find and organizations were trying to train very quickly and, and you had a turnover in staff, uh, it became difficult to, to train. And obviously with virtual training, it's something that really came uh, to the forefront. And with new products, uh, with organizations trying to expand their offerings, this is, this, in our belief, it's going to be vital to be able to move forward in terms of if it's technology or if it's facility or if it's home products, whatever the new categories are, it's a great mechanism for, uh, for dealers to be able to train their reps and even some of their older dealers not even some of their uh, New hires, but even if somebody's been there five years ten years and you want to be able to train them on on new product This is going to be something that uh, a tool that you know within five minutes Maybe have your reps uh, once a week or twice twice a week um, Go online and, and learn about a new product that you believe could be impactful to your dealership
0: Okay, so Obviously, training is something that you're you're working on, and obviously, it's easy to see that that should be a a function of a of a trade association to help help its members in, in that area. What what other things are you doing?
1: Uh great question. I mean, we're definitely looking for value, always <laughs> trying to figure out ways that we could could assist our membership and try to find ways that we can deliver value. Uh, I'm sure it's it's a lot of things OPI is trying to do all the time. It's trying to deliver value to the industry. Uh, one of the things that we always do is areas, try to locate areas where we can have all of our members collaborate in sharing costs, uh, where everybody at the end of the day wins out. It's It's about a winning scenario, not only for our dealers, but for our manufacturers and for consumers. If we can help everyone, with lowering cost and throughout the uh, channel from start to finish, that's ultimately our goal. And um, you take the the learning platform, for example, is a is a clear uh, sample of, of what uh, I mean by uh, eliminating costs, as opposed to one big dealership dealership going out and formulating their own strategy. This really could cross. The, comes across the entire channel from a manufacturer. If you're a manufacturer, you just have to post it in one site. And from there all the dealers can come in and, and take it from there. As opposed to being a manufacturer that if you've got tw- 20 dealers, you've got to provide that information for 20 dealers. All of a sudden now you've been you've collaborated and it's only one time and then there's a big savings there. So that's the number one thing that we're trying to do is bring some great return on, on value. Um, the other one that you could take a look at that we're working on for 2024, where um, if you go back full circle, 25 years ago, COPA in Canada used to have a big trade show. And over the years, it disappeared. And uh, all the ind- all the larger and mid-sized independents, they started to do their own shows. So one of the major projects that we're working towards is trying to, uh, once again, collaborate and see if we could bring that into one show again, as opposed to doing... 20 shows across Canada. Can we bring it back and have the manufacturers save, and have the dealers save, and have even the consumers save, and provide them some additional value? Um, mm-hmm. That's a, a big project that that we're working on for uh, for the next 18 months down the road. Again, it's about collaboration, saving money, figuring out ways to to bring some value back to the business world.
0: Sure. I mean that those things can be challenging to, to put together, but you're hopeful that you'll be able to to get that across the line.
1: Well, we're we're in training right now. We've hit the gym and we're working out hard and trying to get everybody to the table. It, it's, uh, it's 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 going to be tough. Uh, I'll be honest with you. When you've got uh, diverse uh, dealers and manufacturers from all different uh, circles and trying to bring them all together, and and uh, you know we we act as a neutral body. So in terms of being able to share in the winnings, and and that's the key thing is making everybody understand. We're going to be if this project wins, uh, everyone shares in, in all the wealth that is gained. It's not about one organization; it's about the entire industry, and that's the challenge: is trying to make everybody understand that you know we're doing the we're working hard to keep the business or office products industry alive, and uh, you know mm. it, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. We are trying to make sure that it it has it has its own. Uh, Offering and people believe in what we're doing.
0: Sure, I mean you, you mentioned office products industry. I, I'm not I'm not sure we can really talk talk about it using that that particular name any any longer. Obviously, you know, COPA stands for the Canadian Office Products Association. But looking looking back, I think that that name came in into into being in 1968. So, uh, have you got any any thoughts on? How you brand yourself, and whether yeah, you need to, I guess, sell yourself to a, to a broader set of of resellers and manufacturers.
1: Yeah, it's a that's a great great question, Andy, and uh, I kind of tie it into something else. Um, one of the things that we did here in Canada is that uh, we uh, Copa is now managing uh, another association which somewhat has some synergies with what uh, the office product world is doing. This new organization that we are managing is, is probably been around another 50 years and it, it used to be called the Canadian Home and Hardware Manufacturers Association. And we started managing that uh, approximately five years ago and it's uh, for manufacturers that are selling products into the home and also into the hardware world and it was funny when we first started to take a look at the similarities between the two associations, there was quite a few organizations that were, especially on the manufacturing side, that were uh, selling uh, to both worlds. And in, in terms of you know, organizations um, that most people would, would know for sure is uh, uh, like Newell Rubbermaid and 3M and Hinkle. Mm-hmm. And there was quite a few major organizations selling to the home world and also to the, um, to the office product world. We have had a name change. So, what used to be called Canadian Home uh, and Hardware Manufacturers Association, we did transition that name uh, two years ago to Canadian uh, Home Products Trade Association. So, we took out the we took out the word manufacturers association, um, mainly for the for the uh, intent that. A lot of canadians are no longer manufacturing in canada most of them are brand owners and a lot of them are importing products so the manufacturing component has somewhat disappeared in canada and at this point in time we are as we're managing copa we're also managing chpta so they've transitioned in the last three years we transitioned their their name and COPA is on the verge, Uh, and if you take a look at what we've done, and I'll kind of circle back when you see the home and office products campus, which is HOP Mm. campus. I think if you read between the lines in terms of that uh, synergy in the middle where it's uh, HOP, which is home office products, I think that that's something that you can take a look at but in terms of uh, as um, most individuals in the office product space have uh, be- begun to realize, obviously with OPI, uh, the office products as quickly, m- most products now are, are business products. And uh, I like the business products uh, element, uh, but again, we'll have to take it to both boards of directors down the line, but I am mm-hmm. sure that it's something that I know for a fact that we're discussing right now. And you know, in, in terms of moving forward, Something that we'll take a look at as we start to take a look at the home products and also the office products, and you know where is the synergies between the two? Obviously, yes. as you it looks like you're in your house or in your music studio <laughs> there with your guitar behind
0: you. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a music studio, buddy. Stretch the imagination, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But but that sort of does bring up that uh, yeah, with hybrid work uh, over the past three years, the blurring of, of, of of home and the office into what is you know, the workplace. You, you can essentially work from, from, from anywhere. So that, uh, that does have implications. What's what's the situation with with hybrid work in Canada? Uh, actually, just before we, this call, I was listening to a presentation by Steelcase on, on, on some workplace trends. And they actually mentioned Canada was a little bit slow to return to the office. Is that what you're seeing?
1: Yeah, you know what? And it's it's been definitely a, a it's been a challenge for employers to get their employees back to, to work. Just um, uh, as we speak, we're, our Canadian Canadian government has just come off of a strike where the employees that was their, their major discussion point is that they wanted hybrid um, built into their working contract where they, want, they do want to be able to work from home two or three days on an ongoing basis. So they did structure uh, a mechanism that talks about getting approval from their manager, but they will all have the opportunity to, to work from home. Uh, employers here in Canada are challenged to get their employees back. I, I know um, most of our uh, manufacturers and, and um, dealers are, are challenged. But in terms of offering them hybrid work, it's something that definitely is uh, uh, happening on an ongoing basis. It's to, to your point in terms of what steel cases is, is stated. I believe from from all of our members that we talked to on an ongoing basis, they're, they're correct in that if I was to do a survey, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uptake has been slower. Uh, organizations are some organizations have mandated their employees back. Um, and there's, there's a challenge, obviously, with human rights and workman's uh, rules here in Canada in terms of uh, getting their employees back but it's it's been a little bit uh, I'll say it's been slower um, in, in Canada to have their employees getting back to to offices uh, but I, I would say that in, in the next uh, 12 months you will see most organizations offering uh, employees somewhat of a hybrid environment they're, they're, they'll have no choice.
0: okay employees have been in the in the driving seat, haven't they, over the past few, few years about ch- choosing whether they want to, to work from home or, or or come to the office, which uh, 10 or 20 years ago, that would have been unthinkable. that The, the employee could decide where, the, where they worked. I'm, I'm wondering whether, you know, as the economy becomes, certainly in, in the US, the economy has softened a bit. There are, there are layoffs. I'm not sure in Canada if you're, you're seeing something similar. But as, you know, when the economy then does decline, the job market might get a bit tighter, and then you know the the, the shoe is on the other foot, if you like. The the employers have have more say in, in where somebody works.
1: Yeah, you're starting to see that. Uh, so one of the things that I that I've heard from a lot of our uh, members when they're hiring now, they're stating they're clearly stating this is uh, an environment where you are coming into the office. So that's part of the the mandatory hiring process, where a lot of them are starting to remove the hybrid uh, element of employment. That's something that um, a few manu- a few of our manufacturers that I, I talked to recently are one of the things that they are stating to their either it's in purchasing or accounts receivable is they're trying to regain and have their staff come back into the office um it was two and a half years or three years from working from home it's very contentious where an employee has been doing their job from home and um, they've indicated they've done their job their job has been done properly and it's challenging for employers to, to have that employee come back into the office so they're, they're trying to somewhat accommodate because obviously you don't want to lose your, your long-standing staff and there's employees that you want to retain so you got to come th- a lot of organizations are are compromising with with that staff. Um, there's a couple of organizations that have just come out and said we're mandating you have no choice but to come back into the office. And even though uh, you had, uh, I know I, can, I know a few individuals that had some f- flexibility prior to COVID, where they were able to as sales reps they were able to to work from from home. Um, there's one organization in particular that comes to mind that what they had to do is they had to mandate everyone back. So everybody, even sales reps, you had to come back. So there was no flexibility that you're just you're just coming back into the office.
0: How was and, that received?
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I tell you, it was not received well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have lost quite a few employees. Some of them are taking them to court and there's some challenges there. We'll see where it all uh, spills out and and, uh, uh, afterwards. But obviously, there was a lot of contention there in in terms of uh, staff not uh, enjoying going back to the office and and people become comfortable. And and if you've been at home for three years and you've learned how to balance your life with your family and all of a sudden having to go back to uh, to the office is is somewhat uh, I'll I'll say it's daunting all of a sudden where you've had your children or you've had your elderly parents and um, your work-life balance has changed and, and to shift it back to going into the office is 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 really a challenge for a lot of individuals
0: yeah how would you say that your dealer members have managed that the hybrid work environment in terms of you know selling di- different products more technology products uh, products which are adapted to to the home office and then just, you know, delivering to to home addresses. Is that something that they've been able to do or it's been quite challenging?
1: Uh, I I think um, I would definitely, I mean, there's been some organizations that have had some challenges depending on where you're located in in Canada. But for the most part, for the most part, I I would say it's been, um, the independents have been successful. I think if you take a look at being able to adapt and being able to to formulate strategies with the local couriers and and different ways to get products to individuals at home. They've been able to adapt. Uh, Overall, overall in Canada, I would say the business products industry has somewhat stagnated. It hasn't grown in leaps and bounds. And um, some independents have really done very well. Um, The big big players have have held their own. So in terms of the stability in Canada has been been fair. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of new uh, entries that have come into uh, Canada over over the last uh, few years. Obviously, they've penetrated the world, but organizations like Amazon, which has come around and and really taken a, a big share of the market in in Canada, uh, there's been some uh, dollar stores that have come up from a retail front and and taken some ch- share. You've got uh, organizations, uh, for example, like a Walmart, that's also been able to expand their uh, traditional office products, uh, lanes or aisles down down their stores. So, um, for the most part, uh, with all of that said and uh, and the expansion within those organizations at retail, uh, most most traditional dealers in Canada have held their own. They've held their own and... uh, not, there hasn't been, if you take a look at the numbers in Canada, there has not been any um, major uh, organizations that have gone that have closed their doors. There's been a, a mm. few, a couple that have merged, uh, which of, of course will continue over time. I think that's one of the things that we'll see in Canada is some um, mergers and acquisitions for True. organizations to, yeah. to be able to uh, expand. And you know, if you're if if you're in a small organization, your goal is to get to that point where, someone offers you uh, a big payday.
0: Yeah, obviously St- Staples bought the the Denis business I think last yes. year uh, yes. which was a quite I think it was quite a major major transaction uh by by Canadian Standards and it obviously you've had the the two dealer groups merging in the past few months as well. I think I saw something even this week about Grand and Toy about a new brand positioning. for for them certainly on on the b2b side so certainly there's a there's an evolution in the market isn't there
1: there is any you're you're right there's change and you have to have change and 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 you're right Um, there's a couple of groups there that are 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 merging and coming up with a new name um, and uh, again about rebranding it's it's really important uh, which is good to see. I mean, it's good to see change happening and, and organizations not uh, standing still. You've got to move forward, and there's got to be change happening. So, just in in uh, one paragraph there, you mentioned Staples making changes. Bind any? You mentioned uh, Basics and CIS forming CWSI. Yeah. You know, and Toys making some changes, and and Hamster just a Hamster who had a big change a couple of years ago. Uh, those are the major players in Canada, and they're not standing still. They're, they're trying to move around and, and uh, be creative and, and redesign the way they, they go to market, which is great to see from a Canadian point of view.
0: Yeah. Just when you look at the overall market then, are you are you optimistic that, certainly when you look at your members, they are, they are moving in, in the right direction and they're, they're moving fast enough?
1: Uh, always it's obviously always a challenge. and and uh, I mean, I would say, and I would think that the majority the the major members in in Canada now that we have, I would say that um, we've we've had a lot of challenges over the last ten, fifteen years. I think the market has shaken out a little bit. I think the the players that are that are left are 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 strong. They've got some strong roots. Are they changing fast enough? Um, I, mean, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I, I would say it seems like they are, they're making changes. Obviously when you're making changes, it's always a, a slow process. And uh, it, it definitely uh, appears that they they wanna make changes. It's just how quickly can they, they adapt those changes to the market? I mean, obviously when you take a look at Granite Toy, which is owned by uh, Office Depot, that's a big organization. Staples is a big organization. And both the independents that are the independent groups that we have in Canada are, are somewhat large now and also takes time to, to make change happen. They they definitely are uh, aware and it, of the changes that need to be made in terms of getting into technology and to uh, facility products and other uh, opportunities that are coming their way. So they have and their leadership teams are very strong and they're aware of what needs to be done, which is. Uh, I think if if they come to fruition, they'll be in, in great in, in a great position in in ten years and five years or three years. But obviously if it, the market is changing so quickly, it is changing fast and it's somewhat dynamic in, in uh, the changes that need to be done. So I'm hoping that they're able to adapt and I'm hoping that they can can make the changes uh, quickly.
0: Okay, all right, good. We'll see, see how all that pans out. Yeah. So, yeah, Sam, it's been great talking to you today. Really enjoyed our our, our podcast. Thanks thanks for doing that. All the best with your C initiative and I'll be looking forward to some news about a, a Canadian Office Products Trade Show hopefully getting off the ground in 2024.
1: Well, thank you Andy for having me on on your podcast. Really appreciate it. And I'll try to keep you posted on the C and how it's coming along. Maybe we could do a demo sometime soon. And uh, hopefully if our if our, ba- our our event, I'll call it an event because it's going to be very grand. We'll have you and uh, all of uh, all, all of the globe invited somehow. We'll try to make it that okay. big and try to have you all out and, uh, to visit uh, us here in Canada.
0: Well, that'd be great. Okay. All the best, Sam. Take care and uh, hopefully speak to you soon.
1: Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on board.
0: If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.